Tuesday edition of Bickley and Murata Mornings, live from the Auction Community Studios. Here to talk basketball off-season with us from ESPN, NBA front office insider Bobby Marks, our guest here on the Arizona Sports Line. Bobby, good morning. How are you? I'm good, guys. How are you? Good. Uh, wow. Keep getting these new wrinkles in this Kevin Durant story. Is he coming to Phoenix? Is he flying to Phoenix to work out? It's getting out of control, is he, Bobby. Is he retiring? Is he sitting out? I mean, at this point, if his desire, Bobby, remains to get out of Brooklyn, what what do you foresee Kevin Durant's next step being? Uh, to report to training camp and play <laughs> and improve your, your stock that way. I mean, I think... I mean, I think we just, I mean, there's so much bad information out there. Like, you know, yesterday he was going to retire. Is he going to hold out? I mean, like, for Kevin Durant's not going to retire. Like, we, he's not, it's not happening. Like, the, the, the penalty, I went through yesterday, the penalty system for a player retiring, basically he's got to sit out a year. Kevin Durant's not sitting out a year. Um, Kevin Durant not reporting to Brooklyn for training camp. I mean, he's talking about legacy and his image. Uh, I think people will probably remember Kevin Durant a lot about what was happening now if he does that compared to what he did in Golden State and what happened in Oklahoma City. Um, so I think for the best interest of Kevin Durant is for Kevin Durant, Kevin Durant to show up in Brooklyn when training camp happens at the end of September to play. And eventually I think there will be a trade that will present itself that will make sense for the Nets, whether it be in December, whether it be in January, maybe even closer to the February trade deadline. But it doesn't – I don't think it helps anybody out here at all for Kevin Durant to basically sit home uh, when, when camp starts at the end of, uh, at the end of September. Yeah, I, I agree with all of that, but wasn't throwing Sean Marks and Steve Nash under the bus asking for two heads on a platter, wasn't that sort of the preemptive strike as in how does Brooklyn welcome – back or even expect back a player who is who is who views his head coach and GM like that how do they no, repair that yeah no you're right I mean I think that was basically kind of the last resort where it was almost like on the one month anniversary of when um, he asked to be traded um, there wasn't as we as we've seen there's nothing there's nothing out there there's no deal on on the horizon here um, and then so what's my next move here as far as to kind of be somewhat of a dis- disruption and it didn't work I mean they, you know both guys are still employed the, you had an owner come out publicly I'm sure if Joe Sy had his choice he probably would have said a lot more than just that you know that you know whatever 280 characters in that in that in that tweet here and um, so yeah I mean I, th- I just thought all along like if you if you wanted Steve fired you should have just done it after the after the Boston series mm-hmm. like you could have you had you could have had your e- an easy way Way out where you could have went to ownership and said, you know what, you know, he, you know, Steve's not the right guy for this group. Instead of basically going on public, you know, on, on, on a public stage and say, hey, it was, you know, it was COVID and you know there was a lot of uh, distractions this year and Steve never had a, a fair a hand and you know, so I think for Kevin's per sake, I think he looked at. Shoot, I'm I'm still in a Nets uniform. Um, we're we're about six weeks away from training camp. Like, what's my next move? And his next move was to get the you know the the, the two people you know in, either in the, in the coach and the, and the general manager fired, and it and it didn't work out. It kind of it backfired on him. I've never seen that happen before. Where it's both. Um, so now, kind of what you now? What else can I do? I have any other cards in my you know in in the hand here? And I, I don't I don't think he does unless he's. A, a total, you know, a total disruption here, and we'll see if that's that's what's going to be the case. Bobby Marks from ESPN, our guest here on Bickley and Murata Mornings. You alluded to it. Kevin Durant obviously is not convinced Steve 
Nash is the right head coach for the Brooklyn Nets. But you also made mention, Bobby, and I think this is fair, the two years that Steve Nash has been there have been very, very dysfunctional years for the Brooklyn Nets. Do, do you have any idea what kind of a head coach Steve Nash is at this point? And is he worth betting on if you're Joe Sy? I, I don't. I don't know. I mean, it's, it's you know, he got there, you know, he took over after Kenny Atkinson was let go. You basically, he had... You had a, you know, you, Kyrie goes off the reservation in December, right? Like I, or I guess it was maybe early January. Like I thought the the Boston game. This was dating back the Boston game on Christmas Day, 2020. I guess I said it publicly. I said like, this, if you're going to build a team and this is how a team's going to play, like this is the best way to do it. Where you had two superstars and then you had a bunch of good role players here. Kyrie goes off the reservation. You're forced to do a Harden trade. Um, you had, hey, you had a great 19-game sample there with those guys. And then you have the playoffs and you have injuries, Kyrie, Harden. So I don't know what type of coach um, – I don't know what kind of type of coach Steve Nash is. I don't know what he could do with a complement of, you know, a 65-game sample of Simmons, Irving, and, and, and Durant here. And I think we're all kind of waiting to see that. And um, I said it last week. I thought that – since Durant's been there, you know, besides the year that he set out because it was the injury, this is probably his best team that he has right now in Brooklyn. Not, not, not Golden State or not Oklahoma City, but within Brooklyn as far as um, with Simmons, if he's healthy, we'll see. To be able to go out and get Royce O'Neal and T.J. Warren. You bring back uh, Claxton, Patty Mills. Joe Harris is back from an injury. Um, you get a full year of Kyrie here. So I thought this was the best opportunity. So, um, so yeah, I mean, going back to your point, I don't know what Steve. I don't know what type of Steve coach uh, is Steve Nash is, just because he hasn't really had a he hasn't had a full hand, um, you know, in the last uh, the last couple of years. All right, according to that Mark Stein report that that got Kevin kind of irritated yesterday, <laughs> uh, it, it pointed out that the change, the fundamental change between his relationship with the Nets is that the Nets actually want some control over the organization, and they yeah. don't want they don't want a co-managed situation between them and KD and Kyrie Irving. And that is reportedly scaring off some teams, as in how how are we going to make him happy if all that stuff Brooklyn gave him doesn't make him happy? What do you think is the real legacy on the line here? Is there a legacy on the line here? How is this ultimately going to reflect on Kevin Durant? Yeah, I mean, I think the legacy would be if he didn't report, if he held out um, and basically pulled what his teammate Ben Simmons did a year ago. Um, I think that would probably tarnish his legacy more. Uh, everyone asked everyone in their career except for the few will ask to be traded at one point here i mean we can go back 25 30 years here i mean now we're in an age where it's more public um so i think there's certainly it's it's certainly highlighted i think for kevin's perspective i think i think he just wants to go to a place where there's no drama right like i just think he wants to go out and play basketball and not worry about who's showing up to practice what you know what's going on with Kyrie irving um, you know, what else can, is going on in the organization? And he hasn't had that in three years. Now, my, my argument with that is, okay, then why did you sign the extension last mm-hmm. offseason? Right? You had, two, you, you had two years of Kyrie already. You had a backseat to his, his, the first year when you were injured to see what he did. And you saw what happened the second year when you were healthy here. So why sign the extension? Why not play out this, the past year and then see where the situation was in Brooklyn here? And then when he, but when he signs it, Man, you lose like so much. He lost so much leverage in the, in that here. So I would just say like the leg. I would say the legacy for Kevin would basically be, um, you know, if he doesn't if he doesn't report. You know, I think that you know, hey, if he shows up, he plays. Eventually, gets re- traded. I think we all forget about. It. Look at Jimmy Butler. 
I mean, Jimmy Butler was, you know, wrecked havoc in Minnesota, and now we're talking about him as a power guy. Like, man, like this guy plays hard every night. Man, he went in there and like, like was a destruction for like a whole week here. It was so a wrecking ball, I yeah. Think- yeah, we eventually forget about it. But like when I think of Ben Simmons, I think about the guy that held out last year. I mean, that's what my my you know that's my take on Ben Simmons is. So, so I think that's for you know from my perspective on Kevin, uh, you know, with Kevin. Got it. Last question, real quick. Giannis uh, freaked out some Bucks fans in some interview <laughs> by mentioning he'd love to play for the Bulls sometime in the future. What do you make of that? I know. I think it's slow. I think we're in mid-August. <laughs> <laughs> hey, Fair. I, I get it. Like, I understand, like, um, he probably could have answered it differently. I think he's probably too honest to, to a fault. Um, I think he's got a bunch of years left on his contract, and it will be interesting when he eventually does become a free agent. But, yeah, I mean, I think if if he was probably in – I don't know where the interview was. If he was in Phoenix – and he said, "Hey, you know, you know, what do you, you know, the Suns, you know, they got this great team, and you know, Devin Booker just signed a supermax. You know, what were your thought about playing in a Suns uniform when you're?" And he probably said, "Yeah, I love Phoenix. Weather's great. Good job, you know." And that would probably been, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> probably the same thing. Yeah. Yesterday's headline. Yeah, yeah. Right. Bobby, uh, thanks Thank you, Bobby. as always for joining us. Really appreciate it. Thanks, guys. Appreciate it.